Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. All right, you're going to want your Bible open today. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Um, I'd like to preach you a sermon. I looked at the clock. I knew what was going to happen today, so I'm going to give you a devotion. How about that? Can you all handle it? You know what happens with devotions then? It means you've got to listen fast. If you're going to listen fast, that means you've got to have your Bible open. We're going to do this in Luke chapter 17. I want you to notice what the passage says. We're going to talk about the passage. Before I get all serious about Luke 17, 11 through 19, what did the mother turkey say to her disobedient children? If your father could see you now, he'd turn over in his gravy. <laughs> All right. Somebody sent me this one. I thought it was good enough to share. Before my surgery, the anesthesiologist offered to knock me out with gas or a boat paddle. He said it was an ether or situation. <laughs> All right. You know, some problems demand your attention, right? You're driving down the road and all of a sudden your car makes that noise that you cannot avoid doing something about. What do you have to do? You have to pay attention to it. You ever been really sick? Like, like I'm going to, I'll make it through today. And then all, the next thing you know, you're like puking as you run to the toilet. Anybody ever been there? It demands that you do what you have to do. A couple years ago, I came home and my stomach was hurting. And I said to Robin, my stomach's hurting. And I said, it's bad. And she said, how bad is it? I said, take me to the hospital bad. So take me to the hospital bad's bad for me. So we went to the hospital. I got there and they poked around in my belly for about 15 seconds. And they said, oh, your appendix is about to burst. And they did whatever they do. I know some people have had it worse. I talked to a guy one time, his burst and it stayed three days. And I'm like, dude, if you made it to bursting, you are tougher on your weakest day than I'll ever be on my strongest. Because I was like, they're like, we got to do surgery right now before this thing bursts. And I'm like, okay, well, while we're prepping the room, could you do something about this pain? So they gave me a shot of morphine and a shot of morphine didn't touch it. Because I'm telling you, some things are bad, right? When some things are bad, you want it dealt with and you want it dealt with now. Uh, a man with colon cancer, I know, he had colon cancer. He literally lived 10 years of his life without ever tasting salt, white sugar, white flour. He didn't eat red meat. He didn't do, I, I forget all it was. There was like all of these things, salt, sugar, flour, red meat, nothing for 10 years. I'm like, kill me, bro. I'm sorry. I, no. But isn't it amazing what we will do to stay alive, right? When the pain is bad and you need an immediate answer, you will get focused to get your answer. And that's the story we're going to talk about today. Luke chapter 17, would you stand to your feet in honor of God's word? Let's read, we'll look at it together, all right? Luke 17, verse 11, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out, How'd they, how'd they call out? Loud voice. They were not silent. They were there. These ten guys had leprosy. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have 
pity on us. Aliyah in the, in the Greek, to have mercy on us. Let me explain mercy for a second, okay? Mercy is, I'm way in debt, and mercy is what brings me to zero. Okay? I have sinned greatly. I'm, God, I owe you so much, and mercy brings you to zero. Now, grace is what takes you from zero to like 10 million. You know, God's grace takes you way into his goodness and his blessing and his inheritance and calling. But right now, we don't live even thinking about grace. You don't think about grace until you get mercy because mercy takes care of what you owe and brings you to zero. And they're not asking, God, give us all of the abundance of heaven. They're just saying, God, could we're in the hole. We're, we're lepers. We don't have a life. I'll explain what that means in a second. They say, have mercy on them. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Man, I, I, I wish I could talk about this enough. Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, and as they, what? They went. So they acted on what Jesus said with nothing happening. Well, I don't think you caught that. They didn't see anything happen. They just acted on what he said. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, that's a key word. We'll talk about what this means, cleansed, in just a second. Now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, which is a different word than cleansed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him when he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Back to that original word, cleansed. Where now are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith, and I know your version says made you well, but well doesn't mean made you well. It means saved. Yes. Talk about what that means in a second. Your faith has saved you. Let me give you the crow's nearly inspired version of that, which is what I do when I translate from Greek so we can use. And he said to him, get up and get going. <laughs> Yeah, this, do you see the movement passages? God speaks, you get going. God does work, you come back, you say thanks. God says, I got more for you, now get up and get going again. Because God didn't make you to sit on your keister the rest of your life and just collect more food in your belly and more money in your bank account. He made you to do something. Get up and get going. Your faith has, and here's the key word, saved you. So, Father, I pray that today you would speak to us through your word, and I pray our hearts would be open, we would hear, we would learn, and we would get going. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Turn and smile at somebody real big and let them know that you see them. There you go. Let them know you see them. I see you online. I see you guys. God bless you. All right, so can we back up? Can we back up in that Luke chapter 17? I want to make a point out of this. They called out in a loud voice, and Jesus, they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Is there, have pity on us, or mercy on us. And notice that next line. When he what? When he saw them. Now, a lot of us, we, we go through this life, and we're, we're not even sure Jesus even sees us. We're not sure anybody sees us. The biggest problem I have right now in this culture is I think we've lost sight of people. 
We're so concerned with their political affiliation. We're so concerned with what thoughts they may have or what they may do with themselves that we've lost sight of seeing them. And I just want you to know today that Jesus sees you. He sees you as you are, for who you are, and sees you where you are. And when you call out, Jesus, have mercy on me, he not only sees you, he then puts you in this process of restoration. Now, three steps that this passage gives us in the process of restoration and hope and healing. And the first step is that of being cleansed, or catharzo. The Greek word is catharzo. It means, it's a, it's a ritual word. It's not... It's not a word of healing. It's more of a word of ritual purity. It basically means to be washed until you're clean. Washed until you're clean. Now, biblical stories always show lepers as outcasts. And in this story, there are 10 lepers, and they are outcasts. They are on the perimeter. So let me... Leprosy can be one of two things. It can be one of 50 things. But on one end, there's like psoriasis, which is just the very basic of, you know, a skin rash or something. And then on the other end, there's a Hansen's disease. And Hansen's disease is, is horrible. It's what the leper colonies in India built by people like Mother Teresa. She was reaching out to people who, uh, with Hansen's disease, your skin literally loses feel. You lose feel. And you can cut your finger off and not know it. You can cut yourself and bleed out. You can have infection or gangrene and not feel any pain. You can, uh, your eyes, you, f you don't feel any tension in your eyes, so you forget to blink, so they literally dry up in your head and fall out. And Hansen's disease is a horrible form of leprosy. Well, to determine the difference between something like Hansen's disease or, or um, psoriasis, there was a process in the scriptures, and that process required discipline distance until you could adequately diagnose the problem. You all follow me on this? So what you did was you would separate yourself. Numbers chapter 5 verse 2 says, command the Israelite to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease. Send any male and female alike, send them outside the camp so they will not defile the camp where I dwell among them. Now things like psoriasis are not transferable, but Hansen's disease is highly transferable. It is, you can catch it by hanging around and if you bump up against someone, you now have it and that is a death, a death sentence to you. Leviticus 13, 45, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, set their, let their hair become unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. So they have to wear a veil because it's sort of like back in the early days of COVID when I got COVID before getting COVID was something people did. I, my daughter came home from college and decided to share with us. You know, a lot of people have had it now. They have a shot now. There were none of those things back then. And I remember getting COVID, and it was like the health department called me like 500 times to make sure. I wanted, I had a prepay. I could go play golf, okay, and not talk to another single person. I could pull up, stay 50 feet away from anybody, and pay online and go play golf. And I said to my wife, I'm going to do this. Nobody's on the course. I called. I'm going to do it. And she said, you're not leaving this house. <laughs> and, and that's sort of what these guys were going through. They were totally isolated. They were, 
they had to wear their veil covering their... You thought masks were just recent. No. No, they had to have a, defail, a defiling skin disease. They had to wear different clothes. They had to talk. If you came close to them, they'd have to yell out, unclean, unclean. There were all those things that were going on. And this isolation because they were unclean and they were diseased and they didn't want to give it to anybody else. So if you're sick, stay home this winter. Right? Can we, if we would act like adults, we could probably handle this a lot better. Anyway, so I, I, I'm not going to get off on that because I'm not being political. I'm just simply saying, could we care for one another by trying to take care of one another, right? And that's what they had them do. They had them stay away until it was the right time. They were not fit for interaction with the community. That's what unclean means. I'm not fit for interaction with the community. I am isolated and separated. The problem is, and here's the problem, a lot of us have struggled with isolation and separating ourselves even though we haven't needed to. And in isolating ourselves, we've caused more disease dis-ease in our souls than we need. And guys, there needs to be a balance here. We need to have some kind of balance with this thing where we are honest and filled with integrity about our approaches, but we also need to interact. I'm amazed at the people who would never come to church, but I will see them at Walmart and out to eat. I'm just simply saying, maybe we've got this a little backwards. Go to your small group, all right? All right. What did Jesus command them to do? Go. Take action. Show yourself. Go show yourself to the priest. I think it's funny. It was such an incredible disease, but yet the priest didn't seem to have... <laughs> he... Can I say one thing? I am ticked off at hospital systems because they won't let me in to visit people. And that's wrong. Come on. Every statistic and study in the last century shows that when somebody goes and prays for you in a hospital, you get well like 20 to 25% faster. And yet hospitals are keeping us out, and that's wrong. And if you work in a hospital system, would you tell them, please don't keep me away? Go show yourself to the priest. The priest had to deal with them because the priest knew he was doing it on God. Anyway. The first command was to take a step. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. They had to act before they got their answer. And the problem with a lot of us wanting miracles is this. We don't want to act. We just want God to answer us. We want to say, God, bless me. Give me a miracle. Do a work. And God's saying, now go do what I told you to do. And we're like, no. No. I want to be emotionally well. Well, forgive that person that wronged you. No, I'm not going to do that. Anyway. <laughs> I want to be well. Put down the fork. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I didn't say all that, did I? So I'm going to ask you a question. What step do you need to take God's been telling you to do and you won't do it? Because if you want to be clean, you want to be included you're going to have to first take the step God told you to take and you're unwilling to take. So their act of faith was rewarded by a supernatural response. Jesus doesn't make a pronouncement of healing. He simply tells them what to do and when they obeyed, their healing came. 
So obedience is the starting point, but obedience can only take you to cleansing. You need something more. So this guy walks along, and the next thing he does, as there are ten are walking along, one of them looks down and sees he's healed. Now this is the next progression. The first is cleansed, where you're cleansed and you're made ritually pure in the sight of the community and before God. But the next one is healed. Now the Greek word for healed is different than the Greek word that's used otherwise. The one before it is katharzo. This one is iameo. And iameo is a Greek word that literally, it's not a, it's not a ritual word, it's a doctor word. A doctor word, in other words, a doctor word means they weren't just, the symptoms weren't just relieved, and it wasn't just surface. Something literally happened in his being, and he was literally healed. I don't know if what happened was, you know, he's walking along and he looks down and he sees that the skin has changed. Or maybe he's walking along and he begins to get sensation back in his fingers and toes, and he's going, what's going on? But something happened that he recognized that it just wasn't, his act of obedience led not only to his cleansing, but it led to a healing, a change of the core nature of what was going on in his body. And I want you to know that God doesn't want to just stop by giving you the first steps of forgiveness and healing and cleansing that makes you ritually okay with the people around you. He wants to do a deep work in your soul so that you're actually whole and you're complete down deep inside so that you can not only, come on, catharzo means you can interact with other people without damaging them, but healed means that you no longer care carry it. And there's some wounds and there's some sicknesses that people in this room carry, and you carried for a long time. And God doesn't want just to give you a, a healing on the outside, a cleansing on the outside. He wants to reach down deep in your soul, in your body, in your very cell structure, in your very mental processes, and bring healing to you. I believe in it. And so when, when he noticed he was healed, what did he do? He turned back. He turned back and he did something. He went back to Jesus and Jesus pronounced him well. Well. Now this word well is the Greek word soza. So far we've had katharza, which means cleansed, ritually made pure. We've had imeo, which means that you are physically restored and at the core structure of who you are, you are different. And then there's well. Now this soza, this word soza is used throughout the entire New Testament and nearly every place else it is translated in the entire New Testament. It's translated saved. Ephesians 2, 5. It is by grace you have been saved. And that word is soza. It is by grace you have been soza. You've been saved. 1 Timothy chapter 1, 15. Jesus came to the world to save sinners. To save uh, Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's Soza again. So this man, this one out of the 10, all 10 were cleansed, one was healed, but one got saved. And what happened in that moment was that he came back to Jesus to say thank you for the gift of mercy. And when he got mercy, he responded, and when he responded, he got grace of salvation. The difference between just God doing a work in your life and bringing you to mercy and to zero and living in the fullness of God's salvation is that moment of thankfulness. 
that when God does something for you, you return to say thanks. Here's why. The pagan mentality, which is our pagan mentality in this culture, because we got a lot of Christian pagans. Paganism says this, the God you do for me, therefore I do for you. It's sort of like this. It's, it's, um, I got this out of a book I was reading this past week called Jesus and the Gospels by a guy named Craig Bloomberg. It's a, it's a textbook on the Gospels. And he was talking about honor and patronage and things like that. Uh, and, and one of the things he was saying, so let, let, let's say this. Let's say I, my, my sink gets clogged and I go to fix it and I break it, which is very common in my world. So a buddy, I call a buddy, and a buddy comes to my house, and he brings over his plumbing stuff, and he gets under the counter, and he, he helps me fix everything under the counter and replumb everything under the counter so it does not leak. Come on, we're talking about hours, right? Yeah, he's got to saw it off at the right place, put new fittings on it, all that kind of stuff, put new traps in, hook the dishwasher up so it doesn't drain on the floor. You guys know what I'm, anybody ever hooked a dishwasher up and not put the drain on? Don't do that, bad idea. Or, or put the plug, not pop the plug out. I did that one time, not a good idea. So what happens is he spends all day making it right so it actually works. Now, he spends all day, his time, his expertise, and then he calls me the next day and says, hey, would you mind coming by my house? I need to get something in my garage, just pick it up and put it in my truck. Could you come by and do it? And I'm like, no, man, I'm not doing anything for you. What kind of jerk would I be to not reciprocate? He's done something for me. I need to do something for him, right? All right, so that's how a lot of us view God. God, I give you my tithe, therefore you have to bless me. I come to church. I did the right. I prayed my prayers. You have to answer me. We view God like he's just another buddy to us to be reciprocal with. And that's not a relationship with God because God's done everything for us. And we can, come on, if he saved you for eternity away from the pit of hell and eternity separated from him and he gives you eternal life, tell me, what can you actually do to repay that? Nothing. So if Jesus saved us, what can I do to earn it? Nothing. So what we can do is this. We can simply say thanks. Because Thank you means I can't repay you, but I honor what you've done. Lord, have mercy on me. Bring me to zero. But he not only does that, he gives us all of the blessings and inheritance of God. And our job is not to earn it. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about something like that. Though I give my body to the flames and I do all of this stuff, I, I can't boast about that. Why can't I boast? Because God's love is greater than all of my sacrifice. Listen, when you stop thinking of your relationship with God as an interchange, an exchange of you for Him and Him for you, when you stop and when you simply receive, that is when you enter into life and salvation. All right. So what does he say to him? What does he say again one more time? Arise and go. Get going. 
Your faith has made you well. Now what you're going to do is you're going to take this healing, this salvation I've given to you, and you're going to spread it everywhere you go. And you know what I would like us to do today? I'd like us to have this miracle happen here. There's some of you that you've never asked God for mercy. And you're still hugely living a mess of sinfulness. And God says, ask me for mercy. Give me, just ask me, and I'll give it to you. And you know what he'll do as soon as you say, have mercy on me, Lord. You know what he'll do? He'll bring you to zero. And then you know what you do? You say, Jesus, would you be my Lord? I believe in you. And guess what happens? You enter into the, all the fullness of the grace and mercy and kindness and love and blessing of God. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, and I want to ask this question. You realize you've never asked. You, maybe you've been trying to earn it. And it's your day to receive salvation, new life. And it's your day. You can't earn it. You're not good enough. But a simple cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus, save me. And you can receive not only mercy, but grace for eternity. If that's you and you want to make that declaration and receive Jesus right now, if that's you, I'd like you to lift your hand really high. Anybody? Yes. There are others? There are others? Come on, give you one more chance. Yes. Yes. There are others? Nobody prays alone at Harvest Ridge. We're all going to pray together. Y'all ready? Here we go. Dear Jesus, have mercy on me. I don't deserve it, but I receive it. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Give me your grace. I don't deserve it, but I receive it. Thank you for making me your child. Thank you for seeing me. I receive your goodness. Amen. If you prayed that, you meant it. Guess what? You are now a child of Jesus Christ. So what we're going to do to end out today is this. It's appropriate for us to return and to give thanks. Because in that giving thanks, we recognize that God has been better to us than we deserve. So I'm going to hold the mic, and if you can, in 30 seconds or less, come up and share something you're thankful to God for. I'm going to invite you right now. Come on up. Rush on the, rush on the mic. There we go. 30 seconds or less. Come on up. Get on up in the line. You got something you just need to thank God for. It's a great opportunity. Um, I'm thankful for Harvest Ridge. 17 years ago, God started this work in me, and I can officially say I'm well. I am pregnant, so I'm Yay! thankful for that and a healthy baby. Girl! Awesome. <laughs> One more baby in the nursery, yes! thankful to this morning, but I'm just thankful for God's care and provision for me and that he loves me so much every day, every moment. Grace, mercy, right? Yep. Thanks, Lord. Oh, if only you knew this story. 
If only you knew the story, that thankfulness is from the heart. The, the room this size is not all right. I'm thankful because for whatever reason, God has blessed us financially every single moment that we needed, down to the penny. We got a new fridge and we literally had $7 in, in the budget left over because someone blessed us. Come on, get on up, get on up. We got time, we got time. I'm thankful for the way God works in unknown ways and then just pops up with a solution. Amen. Come on, don't wait. There are more of you that need to get up now. Get up now. Come on, there you go. I'm actually from Youngstown, Ohio, and I'm here visiting my daughter that lives on North Bridgeville, and I prayed about a church for them to come to, and I'm praying. Husband's not saved, my daughter is, and I'm praying that this will be the place that they'll come. Thank you, Lord. Make it happen. I'm thankful for saving, uh, serving a community and being actually God's protection. Every day, I see it every day. God's protected me multiple times. I should have died, and he's blessed me and being able to serve other people. So. Those of you that don't know, Nick's a police officer down in Cleveland, so when he says that, he means it. I'm thankful to be a chaplain at Mercy Health, and for my wife for 32 years, God's grace with each and every patient. It's a blessing to be able to talk to them and pray for them in Jesus' name. Appreciate it. It's not like they don't hear from me all the time. <laughs> um, I've had a long-term prayer over the past few years of working here that our youth group would grow, uh, not just in numbers, but with maturity. And uh, over the past few months, um, really extending out of our church camps, I've, we've seen um, over 40 new kids coming to youth. Uh, we've seen multiple salvations, multiple cults of ministry, and um, Honestly, just maturity out of a generation that sometimes people feel like is lost, I, I see hope. And so, yeah, I'm thankful for that. Here's another one of those. You need to listen to her story sometime. Oh. Yes, hi. Um, I am thankful. I arrived here in Ohio in 2001 in November. My husband died on active duty while serving in the Army. I had newborn baby and two toddlers. So I arrived actually um, here at the church on December 2nd, which was our anniversary. And I sat in Sunday school and cried. Everybody, no one knew me, but they were so compassionate. Remember Mr. Thompson helping me get the kids out of the car and the other ushers? I couldn't handle even getting them in the car and out of the car. So I want to thank those of you who sat in the nursery with my children when they were small. I want to thank those who were part of the Royal Rangers that discipled my boys. I want to thank those that were uh, a part of the youth ministry. It was amazing. I, I absolutely couldn't have done it without the family here and also family at our Christian school and my family. So I want to thank Pastor, who has loved my boys like his own. So thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, my name is Cheryl. Um, thank you for sharing that testimony. I'm going to throw a plug out here. We need women in the nursery duty and kids duty. I've been working with preschool and those little guys for a long, long time, and we need you mature moms, your mature grandmas to step up and get involved. My testimony and thank you to Father God above. Um, thermography for my breast um, in December 2020 I had on scale of one to four one being normal tissue five being not good you're going for a mammogram to get a diagnostic test um, I was a level four on the wet breast um, that was December 2020 and my recent uh, thermography in spring went down to a three and then just recently I had a normal breast tissue for thermography so a lot of holistic things but thank you God about I just wanted to say that I'm thankful for the, uh, the wonderful family members that I have that, uh, that helped me get past a very horrible year. And uh, I'm thankful to my lovely girlfriend who helped me find my way back to God. I've been coming to Harvest Ridge for four years, met my wife, we have a new baby. Um, I'm just thankful that I have really great mentors and friends that have helped me through that process of, you know, becoming my own person and my own man and really st thank you for everything. It's great to be a part of family, isn't it? I'll, hold that, I'll come to you, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Deal with me, camera people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Face them. I think they can get you over there. I just want to say thank you for the, the things he's done for me. All my life, he's taken care of me. And I want to praise him for the rest of my life. God bless everybody. <laughs> We got a video somewhere of uh, his story of how God healed him. He should be dead, what, 12, 15 years ago? Should be dead and still up and alive because God healed him miraculously. Yeah, he did. God healed him. I am Saved him. You know, God's still in this business, right? So maybe if you needed to call out to mercy today, maybe today's your day. Maybe you don't feel like you belong. Jesus sees you. He sees you. He loves you. He cares for you. All right. We're going to sing this old, old song. Maybe you want to stand. Maybe you want to sit. I don't care what you want to do. Let's just sing it, and let's do what it says. Let's give thanks.